Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word... God made all of us a little different, amen? I make a terrible, you know, Anthony. Um, I make a terrible Pastor Clint. I'm just Bill Buffy. I'm a certain kind of guy. God made me a certain kind of way. It's always, you know, sometimes we can look up to people or we, but you don't emulate, don't copy, don't do what someone else is doing. Do it the way God gave it to you. You're unique. God gave it to you a certain kind of way. You want to, you want to be able to, you want to be free to be who God made you. It's actually constricting to try to be like someone else. Everybody has at least one person in their lives that they look up to, adore, and want to be just like. We get so obsessed with them that we begin to adopt their ways of life. Is it something that God finds valuable, though? Pastor Bill highlights in today's message how God sees you as unique. You could think you're useless when you compare yourself to other people, but God thinks you're precious. He has given you special abilities that are only yours. All you need to do is accept your talents and use them for God's glory. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 17 as he continues his message, Lessons from David and Goliath. We want to stir faith, encourage faith, get behind faith, but you don't want to stand in front of it and be a hindrance to someone taking steps of faith. Amen. Look at verse 29 to 32. David said, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? Then he turned from him toward another and said the same thing. And these people answered him as the first ones did. Now, when the words of David, when the words David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul and he sent for him. Then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. So Saul finally hears it because, you know, ain't nobody offering to fight. And so Saul finally hears, hey, there's somebody out there offering to fight. Bring him up here. And so David gets brought before King Saul. And David, bold and brave, he says, hey, man, let me go. I, I will go. Let your servant go and fight this Philistine. David's willing to go down and do what nobody else wants to do and fight. And so look at verse 33, another discouraging voice. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him, for you were a youth and he a man of war from his youth. Another discouragement. Um, Lesson number six from this. We can't let men's word override God's word in our hearts. Right. David is convinced that God's going to do this through me. Saul says, David, oh, man. I, you know, Saul's probably excited that there's finally somebody willing to come, and then in comes this little kid, this youth. And Saul says, Oh man, I, I, I can't send you out to this guy. He'll eat you alive. Man, you, you're just a youth. This guy's been a warrior since he was a youth, and you're just a youth. This, this is not this is not right. Yeah, I can't do this. And he speaks a discouraging word to David. But I want you to look at verses 34 to 37. And David is not affected in the least bit. David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and I struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by the beard and struck it and killed it. This is a lion and a bear. He grabbed it by the beard. Y'all see a lion's beard? You know, David, I struck it and I killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. Two of the animals that I'm not trying to do nothing with. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. 
Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. Lesson number seven, we need to draw on God's past faithfulness for our current battles. We need to draw on God's past faithfulness for our current battles. David's looking at this Philistine saying, man, he's nothing. But when I was keeping my dad's sheep out in the field, there were times when a lion and a bear. And I want you to note, David knows he didn't do it. He's like, look, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion, the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from this Philistine. David knows that when he was watching sheep and he had to fight a lion and fight a bear, that God gave him those victories. And so he's not a bad dude in and of himself. David knows my God is faithful. And if I could draw on that past faith, if you could, I'll say this, if you could whoop a bear and you could whoop a lion, if God can do that, you have every right to believe that this is a, this is a big man. Like, this is not a big deal, right? The bear was surely bigger than him. Uh, the lion was stronger than him. There's nothing for God. It'd be a lot for me, but it's nothing for God. When you get faced with a new challenge, when you get faced with a new set of circumstances that challenge your faith, you got to draw back, look backwards. Look back to the last time you desperately cried out and God came through. Look back to the last impossible situation that God faithfully brought you through and let that encourage you in your current situation. Right. You got to look back and God's got a track record and his track record will always be faithful. And so as you look back and see, man, he was faithful there, he's faithful there. You know, you you have no reason not to trust him for the new thing. Matter of fact, God, I'm wrong if I don't believe you now because you've only ever been faithful. You always come through. I got to believe you. I got to trust you. I got to I got to put my just my faith has to be resting in you. And so David drew on God's past faithfulness for this current situation. And he shares these things with Saul. And finally, Saul says, OK, you know, basically, I, I, Saul sees he's not going to stop David with some words. And so he says, "Will you go and the Lord be with you. But it really did challenge me as I read this, that nobody, no, not one person encouraged him. And. Again, I think it's very important that we be careful of, you know, always wanting it. We want to be encouraged, but don't need it. Don't need it. Need you need to operate in faith. You need to trust God. You need to do what God puts in your heart. Um, it's nice if you got some faith friends, but if you don't and if nobody is encouraging you, you got to be able to move forward anyway with what God is putting in your heart. And so David does that here. Look at verses 38 to 41. So Saul clothed David with his armor and he put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these for I have not tested them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook. And he put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch, which he had and his sling and his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistines. Somebody mentioned earlier, we took questions that, you know, he took the five smooth stones. He had one for uh, Goliath. He, had, he also had one for Goliath's brothers. Should they want to run up and do something, you know, uh, and maybe believe that's why he picked up the number five because it only took him one to do what he had to do here. But here's the lesson in this. You know, Saul tried to put on David his armor. Saul was big. David's small. It just didn't work. David doesn't go to war like that. David's like, I'm out here. I'm, I, my outfit's a little lightweight. He got a staff, a sling, and his little pack of rocks. And that's what David was comfortable with. And so lesson number eight, use what God has given you 
Not what others try to put on you. Be yourself. Be yourself. God made all of us a little different. Amen. I make a terrible, you know, Anthony. Um, I make a terrible Pastor Clint. I'm just Bill Buffy. I'm a certain kind of guy. God made me a certain kind of way. It's always, you know, sometimes we can look up to people or we, but you don't emulate, don't copy, don't do what someone else is doing. Do it the way God gave it to you. You're unique. God gave it to you a certain kind of way. You want to, you want to be able to, you want to be free to be who God made you. It's actually constricting to try to be like someone else. The first time I ever got to speak at my old church, it was a mega church, Calvary Chapel Downey, big old church, 3000 seat sanctuary. And I remember my first time getting to teach there was on a Wednesday night. And obviously I was very nervous about it. And uh, I was praying and I had friends praying with me. And, and I was I was in my head about it. I, I kept looking at, you know, how how the pastor there taught. And I just I knew that I didn't speak like any of those guys spoke. One, they were all white. I'm not white. You know, the way I think is different than the way these guys think. And so I was warring with, you know, doing it the way I would do it and doing it the way I see it done. And a friend of mine, we had listened to this Bible study from Damien Kyle. And he had addressed this in the message perfectly. He said, if you get nervous about speaking, he says, when that happens, he says, because you're thinking about yourself. You're thinking about how you're going to do, how you're going to look. It's all about you. If you just die to yourself, God will use you. And it was like it was a school of ministry message from Damien Kyle. And I remember just it set me free. I'm like, you know what, man, I'm going to do this the way I do it. I got my own notes. I got my own stuff. I'm going to do it the way God gave me. And, and I, as, I, as, I, as I reflect on that first time getting this, I was so free because I was able to be myself. And I realized what a, how constricting it would have been for me to try to do it like somebody else or be like someone else. You got your own gifts. You got your own personality. Um, some of how God made you is just, just kind of how you are. Use what you got. David, you know, trying to put on Saul's armor, that wasn't going to work for David. He needed to use what God had given him. God, you know, he, he know how to sling the sling. And so he, let me take what I know how to work with. Let me take what I'm good with and use this out there. And so now look at verse um, 42. Verse 42, it says, and when the Philistine looked about and, and saw David, he disdained him for he was only a youth, ruddy and good looking, so the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? So he's basically, you know, you got those sticks of the dog. He's basically calling David like, is he, you know, am I a dog? And he's like my little stick you, you, you're sending me to play with. Has no respect for him at all based on what he sees. And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. So again, the next person, this, this is the next person that speaks to David. Even the person he's going to fight looks at him like, you coming to fight me? Of all the people, you, you like a stick to a dog, man. Come on. And so Goliath doesn't even respect him. And so lesson number nine, and I, I said this earlier, but be careful of always needing people to co-sign what God has told you to do. David has no co-signers. The guy he's fighting don't think he's enough. Saul said he wasn't enough. His brother said he wasn't enough. Nobody said, David, you're enough. David, you and God can do it. David, if God be for you, nobody can be. Nobody said that to David. He had to know it for himself. And this is where faith is so important. You got to have faith for yourself. Nobody else can have faith for you. Y'all know that? You got to believe God for you. It's your faith in Jesus that saves you. Not your mom. Your mama's faith, your daddy's faith can't save you. You got to believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, that he raised from the grave and overcame sin, death and Satan for you. You got to believe God for yourself. If you're going to walk with God, you got to trust his word 
for yourself. When you get challenged in your faith, you got to believe for yourself. It's got to be your faith. And David is 100 percent. This is all him, his own faith in God. His relationship with the Lord is bearing fruit right now without any co-signers, any encouragement, tons of discouragement. Everybody says he can't do it. David's fully convinced that he's got this and it's going to be okay. Verse 45 now. Then David said to the Philistine, you come at me with a sword, with a spear and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, who you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day, I will give your carcass of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Again, I hear in David a desire. I want you guys, you guys have disrespected God. You guys have defied the army of God. And today, this day, as God gives me the victory over you guys, y'all going to know there's a God in Israel. You guys are going to respect our God. You're going to revere our God. Verse 47 now, he says, Then all the assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. And again, David says, look, it's not even my battle. That's why he's confident. David's not like some, you know, big, tough guy. David's got confidence in God. He knows that God's going to do this. God wants this victory. God's going to get the glory in all of this. God's going to, the battle is the Lord's and God's going to win it. When we go to battle, when we have warfare, we have things kick up. Y'all need to remember that. It's not, you don't, you, God does the fighting for us. God will let you fight for yourself or you can let God fight for you. It's a choice. So we got to be careful. Some of us will fight for ourselves and God was like, go ahead, go ahead. Let's, I'm going to let you go ahead and have your mess. Um, but you can step back and say, God, here, you go for it. You fight for me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stay out of this. I'm going to let you do the fighting and let the Lord do it. Um, the Lord don't lose when he fights. Amen. Everybody here that's a fighter, you lost. But God does not lose. So, you know, it's just wisdom to let the Lord do the fighting for you. Verse 48. So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. I want you to know David had no fear. Goliath came to him and said, David ran up. We, we used to say that back in the day, run up. David ran up to the battle, right? He wasn't, he wasn't walking tenderly, gingerly to the, he ran right on up to the battle. No fear. Verse 49. Then David put his hand in his bag and he took out a stone and he slung it and it struck the Philistine in the forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell, um, he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Just a couple things real quick on. I don't want to run through this real quick, but David took what he knew, the sling and the stone, and he slung it. Now, God had to put something on that sling. You know, when I went to Israel, I actually brought my son who was little. And I don't know why I did that, but I brought him one of the slings. You know, it's not our kind of slingshot, you know, where you, you pull it back like that and shoot. It's actually a... It's actually leather, a leather pouch. You just put a rock in it. It's two strings. And if you, you got to put it on your fingers just right, somebody got to teach you how to do it. And you, you could sling it and, and then eventually you let one of them go and the rock will fly out. I never figured it out. Um, so I don't know how I thought I was going to come home and teach my son how to fling rocks. But, uh, however this happened, David knew how to use this instrument. He came out to the battle with what he knew. But when I look at the, the rock sinking into his forehead, you know, that's like a bullet. You know, it, it sank into his forehead. It was a direct hit. Uh, you know, 
It's, a, it's like a video game. It was a death shot, you know, like a, a head shot. One shot, kill him, you know. Um, he hit him right there. I have to believe that God was with him in that, that God strengthened the throw, that God gave him the aim, everything that was needed. But this kid threw one stone and this giant that for 40 days straight taunted the people of God is gone. He's, he's taken down just like that because somebody believed God and was willing to go do this, was willing to go battle. It says, verse 50 again, so David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him, but there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore, David ran and stood over the Philistine and took his sword, and I'm sure that was heavy, and drew it out of his sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. So David ran up to the fallen Goliath, took his sword out of the sheath, and cut his head off, or he killed him with his own sword, and then he cut his head off. But that sounds grotesque to us, but back here, when they kill you, they would actually bring your head. This was evidence that I, I killed him, see? There's, there's, there, he there he is right here, dead. His head is off his neck. He, he for sure dead, right? Uh, you know, I used to see those movies where they got the mafia hits. They, they want to see pictures of the dead person. That was how they would do it back here. Here is, the, here is his head off his neck. He sure enough dead. He, he could not come back to life. You, ne- you ain't coming back from that, you know? And so it says that when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. Then verse 52, and then we'll get our last point. So get the, remember verse 51, when the Philistines saw their champion dead, now they afraid. Now they scared. They fled. Then verse 52. Now the men of Israel and Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines as far as the entrance of the valley and of the gates of Ekron. And the wounded of the Philistines fell along the road in Sherem, even as far as Gath and Ekron. So here's what we see. Here's the last point. Number 10. Fear is contagious, but so is faith. Right. Fear is contagious. You know, get everybody afraid. You know, the the two spies, with the 10 spies, with the bad report got everybody else scared. Saul being scared, got all the people scared. Fear is contagious, but so is faith. Now, on the dime, all the Philistines are afraid because now our champion, the guy we were trusted in that we thought nobody could defeat him. You know, the un, the undisputed champ of the world or whatever. He's gone. Now they're afraid. This little kid and killed him. Israel is now now they're full of faith They're Now they're all all on David's faith. They're all full of faith. Now they're ready to run out and go and do battle. And I want you to remember this. Sometimes you're doing the lonely thing, right? You're seeking God. You're obeying God. You're you're operating in faith. Nobody's encouraging. No one's standing with you. Careful of the mindset. Our world has a mindset of making everybody your hater. You know, oh, they hating on me. Now, when I get on here and I shine, I'm going to shine on them. Careful about that. That's not how we do as believers. Because David didn't do that. David didn't say, oh, you didn't try. Oh, oh now you want to follow me. now. Oh, you want to be in my army now. David didn't do that. Right. David did what God told him to do. And as they came, he said, come on, let's now let's go get the victory. Nobody got put down. Right. David didn't take a moment to say, you know, to say a negative thing. Now, I, my faith has stirred up your faith. My victory is going to become your victory. And he was OK with that. Y'all see that attitude in the world? Everybody's got to, I got to prove something to somebody or get back. Don't be careful as a believer that that's not God's heart. Even those that weren't for you, as you're doing well, you might be able to. Now, now if you're benefiting from my faith, I, I hope you know my God. I hope my relationship with God helps you in your relationship with God. Even though you didn't help me out or you didn't stand with me or you came against me, you said something negative. Well, now that we're over here, I hope my faith in God is helping your faith in God. Always keep a tender heart like that, right? David's faith 
which up until this point, there was no encouragement from anybody else. It was his faith in his God has now become they're all believing God, too. Now they're all they're all charged up. They're all excited. Now they're like, yeah, let's go. And let's so we'll read through the rest of the chapter. That's the last point, though. While fear is contagious, faith is also contagious. And so let your faith be something that catches on and people catch on with what God is doing in your life. So now verse 53, then the children of Israel returned from chasing the Philistines and they plundered their tents. And David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem. He put his armor in his tent. When Saul saw David going out against the Philistine, he said to Abner, the commander of the army, Abner, whose son is this youth? And Abner said, as your soul lives, O king, I do not know. So the king said, inquire whose son this young man is. Then as David returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistine in his hand. And David said to him, whose son are you, young man? So David answered, I am the son of your servant, Jesse, the Bethlehemite. And as we wrap this up, you guys, David is now on. This is just extra, right? Got my dad's household free from taxes. You know, Saul's going to give him a wife. I don't think he got a good one, but he got a little wife out of Saul, a lot of this, you know. But the most important thing that David did this is what David cared about. I have taken away the reproach of Israel this day. They were disrespecting the army of the living God. They were disrespecting the God of Israel. Now they don't. Now, David said they're going to know there's a God in Israel. That's what I want. I want. I want them to know there's a God in Israel. That's what David cared about, the glory of God. I think we should be careful about fighting fights that don't result in the glory of God. Right. That we pick up things. and It's like what, 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 I, mean, I look at some fights that are happening. I'm like, at the end of that fight, what do we what do we win? What are we getting? What happens? Um, and if it's not the glory of God, then why would you put your energy into it? Be careful about getting wound up and wrapped up in fights and debates and arguments that don't end in the glory of God. If they don't end in the glory of God, let somebody else have that. Somebody else can have that stuff. I'm focused on doing things that result in the glory of God. Amen. Here's a cool thing. When you make your life about living for the glory of God, God's going to be with you. God will participate with you in the work that you do seeking to bring him glory. And so we want to let our light shine. We want to live for God in such a way that he is glorified. I'm going to run through these 10 lessons real quick and I'm going to pray for us. Number one, the enemy is always trying to take what belongs to God. Number two, the enemy wants to give us his terms to live within. Uh, remember, Goliath was trying to tell them how to do it and who could come and how they could fight him. Verse number three, the enemy uses fear to paralyze us into doing nothing when we should definitely do something. Number four, it is often the case that that which is highly esteemed by God is not highly esteemed by others because God's value system is different. Lesson five, people who are afraid to do what you are doing will seek to stop you to spare themselves embarrassment. Uh, lesson six, we can't let men's word override God's word in our hearts. Uh, number seven, we need to draw on God's past faithfulness for our current battles. Uh, number eight, use what God has given you, not what others try to put on you. Uh, be yourself. Number nine, be careful of always needing people to co-sign what God has told you to do. Uh, don't need people to agree or to co-sign. And number 10, fear is contagious, but so is faith. Let your faith be contagious. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for uh, the lessons we can gain from this popular, well-known story, but God is your word. And I pray that the lessons that we have taken from it will help us to walk closely with you, help us to walk in victory. 
Help us to walk by faith and not by sight that we might see you do great things in and through our lives. We thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. We're so glad you've joined us today here on A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. We're currently in the book of 1 Samuel. Many of the childhood Bible stories stem from this book. David is a main character, and he came from humble means. He was a simple shepherd boy, but God had great things in mind for him. He was a musician also, and this served him well as he was able to help King Saul. But more than these occupational type of skills, David had a heart for God like no other. God refers to David as a man after his own heart. What a compliment coming from the very creator of everything. This doesn't mean that David was perfect. As we all know, he wasn't. But his heart was continually coming back to God, seeking help, asking for refuge, and coming back with a repentant heart. This is the type of heart God wants from each of us. Do you find yourself looking up to David and his character? If you'd like to learn more about David in 1 Samuel, feel free to listen to more teachings from this series on our website, calvaryinglewood.org. That's calvaryinglewood.org. A Transforming Word is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel Inglewood in Inglewood, California. Our time with you today is about up, but we encourage you to keep reading and studying this eventful book of the Bible. We're so grateful you took the time to listen today. And Pastor Bill will be back with more in the coming edition of 1 Samuel. Until then, keep your head in the Word and your heart close to God. Then, make sure to come back for another insightful edition of A Transforming Word.